0: Let me be straight with you. This is a radio commercial for three small business insurance. The policy has no fine print. It's clear what's covered. So while you can't see the following scene, just know that this pet store is protected by three. Joe, did you leave the snake tank open? Look, I don't want to point fingers, but yes. It's fighting me! sir! I'm calling my lawyer. They're going to need some help with this mess. Luckily, they have three. No fine print, just exceptional coverage. Three is a product of Berkshire Hathaway Direct Insurance Company. Three... No nonsense, just common sense. Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I'm the host of this program called Unfiltered Radio. And we're in a series right now called Skeptic, and what we're doing is discussing the big questions about God and about Christianity. And I think this is going to be helpful for you and hopefully challenging. He came to tear down every wall, and so I want to be a part of Tear Down Every Wall. You are literally working against the activity of God in your generation. I've said this before. I want to say it to you one more time. Abandon whatever you can't examine. Everything that God wants to say to humanity, everything he wants to show off, everything he wants to put on to display, it is all represented in Jesus. God has a good plan for your life from this point forward. And so the marching orders are, from now on, God, I want to invite your grace. I want to invite your mercy in, and I want you to fix what has been broken, and I want you to clarify what has been distorted, and I'm going to trust that your way is better. Hey, welcome back to Unfiltered Radio. My name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church and the host of this program. In today's culture, many of us are asking the question of what does it mean to authentically follow Jesus? Like, what did he actually say, and how can it change your life? So whether you're a skeptic, a longtime believer, or maybe you're just investigating faith, we've created Unfiltered with you in mind, and we want something for you, not from you. Unfiltered is a listener-supported program, so if our message has helped, you can give at unfilteredradio.com/slash/donate. I hope that today's message encourages you or helps you on your journey of investigating Jesus. Hey, thanks for joining us in the series called Skeptic. And what we're discussing is just some of the big questions about God and about Christianity. Whether you've been a follower of Christ your whole life, or maybe you really are in the place of you're skeptical, you are maybe even a little cynical, and you've got some big questions. And what you need to know is that in the scripture, Jesus has invited people to follow with their doubts, that you can begin even to follow before you believe, which means you can begin to ask questions. You can begin to pull some things apart. You can begin to re- really investigate what Jesus is offering, and that's okay. And for some of you, that's very different than what you've experienced, but the scripture can stand on its own. And so the big question is for all of us, would we be willing to be intellectually honest and just grapple with some of the big questions? And would we even be willing to doubt some of our doubts? And so today, as we dive in further to the series Skeptical, we're looking at the big question about the Bible because there's so much said about it there's so much information there's so much misinformation and for a lot of us it kind of rises and fall on what we believe about the bible or maybe what was picked out of the bible in a freshman english class and it sent our faith tumbling to the ground and so it's a massive question to answer and so why do we think it's reliable why should we take it seriously and And why is it something that has lasted for all of these centuries? And so I'm so glad you've joined us and we're going to dive into the next part of skeptic. So that's why we believe the Old Testament. Now, if you're thinking and you're tracking with me, then I know what your argument is. Your argument is, okay, all right, I get that, but come on. If you're basically defending the Old Testament by using Jesus, the makeup of what we have about Jesus in the life of Jesus comes from the New Testament. So aren't you using the Bible to prove the Bible? Or I'd say it this way. Since the Bible is the source of what Jesus said... Aren't we using the Bible to prove the Bible? Because if you're using Jesus to support the Old Testament, well, everything you know about Jesus is just from the New Testament. So using the New Testament to defend the Old Testament, that's circular reasoning. You're using the Bible to defend the Bible. And I would say, absolutely not. And I'll explain. Now, many of you know this, but a Bible just comes from a Latin term that comes from a Greek term, and it just means books, right? Everybody knows that. It is a collection of ancient manuscripts. And in fact, here's all of the ancient manuscripts that you already know about that's represented in the Bible, and it's coming really, really soon. Here it comes. There it is. In the Old Testament, that's all of the ancient manuscripts included in the Old Testament. And then you've got the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you have all of the New Testament writings, um, which are probably on the next screen but you just look at the index in your bible. So all of the Old Testament manuscripts, the gospels, all of the New Testament manuscripts and here's what you have to know. All of these texts existed before they were bound in the bible right? So all all of the Old Testament writings, everything that had been collected and preserved and copied was ultimately combined in the Hebrew Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible as they would describe it. And then as Jesus taught, the writings of Jesus were collected, they were written down, they were copied, they were preserved, they were protected. And then the eyewitness accounts that were written down and and were copied were ultimately included into the New Testament. And eventually, all of it was combined to make make what, you know, to fast forward to us, we have as an English Bible with the Old Testament and the New Testament, but all of these ancient texts existed before they were bound in the Bible, every single one of them. They, they didn't originate in the Bible. They were around, they existed, they were considered reliable, and then they were combined into what became the Old Testament and New Testament. Now, as it relates to our study, the most important documents for where I want to land today, and then end this, and then y- you'll be done. If you didn't understand any of it, again, just come back next week. But the most important documents for our conversation are the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, anybody still with me? Okay. Here, here's what you need to understand that Christians believe, even if you're a Christian and you didn't know you believed this. Um, Christians don't believe the Gospels are reliable because they are in the Bible. Christians believe the Gospels were included in the Bible because they are considered reliable. Okay, and that's a huge distinction. So those who studied, those who compared, those who researched, believed that they were the authentic words of Jesus documented by people who were up close, and they were ultimately put into what is now known as our Bible. But they they were not reliable because they're in the Bible. Because they were reliable, they were included in the Bible. Now, let me let me put it to you this way. Anybody um, in college have to do one of those classes where you, you read short stories and your professor had you get a book that was about $400 and you read three stories out of it and then you sold it back for 97 cents at the end of the semester. You know what I'm talking about? It's a freaking racket. Um, but anyway... So that that you got that book and your English professor was like, okay, this is the greatest... Pretend this is the short story book. This is the greatest collection of short stories ever, right? Now, all of us know, you knew sitting in that class, that those short stories were not considered great because they're in the book. The short stories were great. That's why they were included in the book, right? Right? So the book doesn't make the short stories great. The short stories are in that book because they were considered great. See, the gospels are considered reliable because of who wrote them and because of when they were written. Okay, let me give you one more thing. The most important date. Hang with me. I'm going to circle back around. The most important date for Jesus followers is the date 70 AD. If you don't know any other date, if you never commit any other date to memory, you should commit that date to memory. What happened in 70 AD is something that most likely not a single person studied um, in history class because we don't study it in the West. But in 70 AD, a huge, huge event took place. It was the first Jewish war. Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I am the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I'm the host of this program called Unfiltered Radio. And right now we're in a series called Skeptic, and we are attempting to answer some of the big questions about God and about Christianity. Now, before, you know, you come with your pushback, like, I get it. We can't answer every question, so this series basically is designed to say, here's what in a few minutes we would say about some of these big questions, whether it's how do you reconcile a good God with evil and suffering? And today... How do we take the Bible seriously? Why do we take the Bible seriously? And for a lot of us, that's the big objection. Maybe you walked away after a freshman English class where your faith just kind of came tumbling down because one part of the Bible in your eyes was discredited. And for others of us, maybe we were shut down earlier on in our faith journey where we weren't allowed to ask or investigate questions and find answers but that's really what this series is all about and so today as we dive back into the next part of this series why do we take this bible seriously why do we believe it's legit why is this something that we think authenticates our faith and not the other way around so i'm so glad you've joined us and we're going to dive back into the next part of skeptic And during that first Jewish war, um, the Jewish temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. So in 70 AD, there was basically a band or a sect or a bunch of renegade Jewish people that led a rebellion against Rome because Rome was the occupying force in Judea and Palestine. And so these sects and groups and basically gangs led this rebellion and finally Rome from Rome to Judea and Palestine sent Vespasian, um, who is the Roman general, to basically squelch out this Jewish rebellion. Well, the Jews ultimately, as they were fighting, and these guys were ferocious warriors, made their way into the city of Jerusalem to the Roman garrison that was right in the city. They killed a bunch of soldiers. They stole a bunch of weapons. Then they sent a group off to Masada, just hang with me. You maybe know the story. That's a fascinating story. And there they actually took some of the weapons that Herod had stored there and brought them back. And then ultimately, these Jewish bands and sects and renegade groups made their way back into the Roman garrison and shut themselves into the city and occupy Jerusalem. So they're in the city. And so in the city, they're jockeying for power because you have all these different groups that have come together. And then they would literally um, go out, run outside of the city, attack Rome before Rome ever even attacked. These guys were crazy. And then they would run back into the city. They were ferocious warriors. Well, Vespasian fought against um, this rebellion for several years. This went on actually for five years between about 66 AD and 70 AD. Finally, Vespasian goes back to to Rome, becomes the emperor of Rome, and his son Titus comes back to Judea, Palestine, to Jerusalem to try to lead um, the, the forces of Rome to stop these Jewish renegade groups and try to smoke them out of the city that they're walled into and they've occupied. So Titus, for two and a half years, tries to get um, these Jewish gangs out of the city. They, he literally, this guy was crazy, literally built a 42 and a half mile ditch around the city. They set up huts all the way around it and tried to starve the people out. At one point, they tried to dig ditches underneath the wall to try to get into the city. And Titus, ultimately, after two and a half years of his forces trying to get into the city, I mean, they're mad as heck because it's the Holy Land, but it's as hot as you know what over there. And the winter, it actually can snow at times. So they're dealing with all of this inclement weather. Snow, sometimes in the winter, gets unbelievably hot for most of the year. They're outside the city. They can't get the Jews to budge. And so Titus gets so angry. At one point he builds scaffolding on the outside of the city and crucifies any Jewish people that he could find. If they're outside the city, even wanting to surrender to Rome, he still crucifies them. If they come out in in terms of trying to attack Rome and they can capture any of them, he would crucify them. The secular historian Josephus wrote that on one day, 500 Jews were crucified. Well, after two and a half years, Titus leading this, his dad Vespasian is back in Rome. He finally, his group finally breaks through the outer walls in Jerusalem in the Roman garrison. They have a little trouble getting through the second wall. They finally, with kind of battering rams, get through that. Then they get through the third wall. They are so angry. They are so hostile that when they get into the city, they just lose control. They accidentally burn down the ancient Jewish temple where all the Jews would go to worship and give their sacrifices. And basically the whole city went up in flames. And so all of this happens, Josephus, who is a secular historian, actually knew Vespasian, knew Titus, was with the Jews and then changed sides to the Roman oppression. Here's what Josephus wrote about this whole incident. I just want to give you this one section. He was actually there. He saw it happen. All of this happened under his watch. And here's what he wrote. This is a secular historian. My name is Brian Golden. I'm the host of Unfiltered Radio that you can listen to weekdays at 630 right here on this station. And I'm the lead pastor at Centerpoint Church, and I'm so excited with what God has done through Centerpoint and the fact that we are launching in North Campus on Easter Sunday, April the 21st. And a few years ago, we started as an alternative to church as usual, whether you're a skeptic, cynic, maybe you're a longtime follower of Jesus, and you just haven't found a place to belong. And we've created a place that is accessible and welcoming to every type of group. It's the safest place, we believe, for anybody struggling with anything, and it's all about one thing. And that is loving others the way that Jesus has loved us. And it isn't perfect, but it is the church that we imagine in our community. And God has begun to grow it and do incredible things. And now there's the need for more space. And so we're launching this North Campus on Easter Sunday. We would love for you to be there. And we would also love for you, if you're interested, to be a part of the launch team. You can get all of the information and sign up at centerpointfl.org. Hey, I want to invite you to tune into a brand new series we're launching after Easter called Unfiltered Jesus that really is the heart of this program, Unfiltered Radio. And really, with all of us, we have confirmation bias. We come to certain things with preconceived notions. And that's none more true than it is with the life and the message of Jesus. Like, we attribute Jesus to opposing movements and political parties using the same verses. We have a million denominations. We justify all kinds of different things all in the name of Jesus. And so in this series, we're really asking the question... What does the unfiltered version of Jesus look like? Because it's possible in our generation that a lot of people are following a Jesus that they don't really know, and they've walked away from a Jesus who doesn't really exist. And so I hope you'll join us right after Easter for this brand new series, Unfiltered Jesus. The slaughter within was even more dreadful than the spectacle without men and women, old and young, insurgents and priests, those who fought and those who entreated mercy were hewn down in indiscriminate carnage. The legionaries had to clamor over heaps of dead to carry on the works of the extermination. Josephus says over a million people died. Over a million Jews. Some say he exaggerated. It was just over 300,000. But 300,000 people in today's calculate in a small area of land died. Uh, it, what's interesting is 1,500 miles away in Rome. um, After they toppled the city, um, another fascinating part, they go back to Masada. They try to overrun the Jews. The Jews are such crazy warriors that they commit suicide so that they don't, they're not handed over to Rome. It's it's, it's a crazy story. They finally, um, Titus, after his father Vespasian dies, he goes back to Rome. He becomes the emperor of Rome. Domitian takes over for him. Just hang with me for a second. Domitian eventually becomes the Roman emperor and he Decides in Rome that he's going to commemorate the most important event for them. And so, right in the middle of Rome, he builds an arch, the Arch of Titus, to commemorate his brother, to commemorate the Jewish destruction, and to commemorate the obliteration of the Jewish temple. And so, right in the middle of this city, he builds all of this in one of the most strategic places in Rome. And here's what you have to know. That in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed and ancient Judaism ceased to be. And around August of 70 AD, meaning, this is why this is huge for the Jews, right in the middle of where everything happened, where so much biblical literature takes place, where Paul is in and out of, where you hear and and discover so much of the writings in the New Testament. In 70 AD, ancient Judaism ceased to be there was no more temple sacrifices. There were no more sacrifices for sin. The place that they believe in some ways was the epicenter of God's work. I mean, the Jewish temple is where they felt God resided. It was the center of all that God did. It's where they got forgiveness for sin or atonement for sin. I mean, it was the epicenter of Jewish Christians. And now all of it was gone. All of it was dead in 70 AD, August of 70 AD. And so 1,500 miles away, eventually, this is around 83, A.D. Domitian builds this arch to Titus commemorating this unbelievable event, this important event in the history of Rome and an event in Jewish culture that they would never, ever forget. Their city was destroyed. Their ancient religion was obliterated. The ancient temple was to be no more. Here's a quick picture. Of what I'm talking about. If you were to go to Rome, this is the Arch of Titus. And right behind it, you see the Roman Colosseum. So it was placed in the most strategic location in Rome because it was, in their minds, one of the most important events. If you go up closer, this is kind of what it looks like um, as you head up on this arch. And then here's what is really interesting to me. Right inside of the arch, you'll find this inscribed. This is actually commemorating the Roman carrying off all of the items from the Jewish temple. Like you'll see a menorah, some other stuff in there. This unbelievable event that destroyed the Jewish temple, obliterated their ancient religion and decimated their city. No more sacrifice for sin. The epicenter of God's work was dead. Now, why in the world would I tell you that long, depressing, sad story? And here's why. There is no mention of the war against the Jews or the destruction of the Jewish temple in the New Testament. Not one mention. There's not even an inference to it. There's no, there's no veiled reference to it whatsoever. This event that meant everything for the Jews, in some ways it marked time for them. It was in the very location, again, where Paul was in and out of all of the time. It was a place where the disciples were in and out of all the time. So much of the New Testament writings in the Gospels are all described and explained around this very place. And now after the event, if you were to go there, there is the Temple Mount but there is no temple there any longer and why that's significant is because there is not a single gospel writer and there is not a single place in all of the new testament where this is even described or mentioned in any way and the question is why and the answer to that question is really simple because it had not happened yet In 32, 33 AD, Jesus was crucified on a cross. In 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed and the ancient temple and ancient Judaism was obliterated. Meaning, there was about 37 years in between when Jesus was crucified and when the destruction of Jerusalem took place. And this is huge, which means that when Matthew... That when Mark, when Luke, when John all wrote their gospels, there were many, 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 many eyewitnesses all there and all living at the time. Because there is no way that any of them could have been written after 70 A.D. And, and those who come up with, okay, oh, you know, over time, the Jesus thing happened. He was a great prophet, great leader, great whatever. But then fairy tale developed and then fable developed. And no, 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 no. All of it was written. <laughs> All of his way it was written when people in the city who were still alive could have verified, could have spoken up, could have challenged, could have walked to a tomb, could have done anything that they wanted to because it was within a 37-year period. And by the way, here's the other thing I would say, if Matthew, if Mark, if Luke or John or some imposter wrote this after the fact, so say it was a hundred years later, it was 90 years later, it was whatever, Um, or if they wrote it to try to, you know, within those, you know, 40 years to try to keep the Jesus movement alive, they would have leveraged the destruction of Jerusalem. In fact, they would have said something like this. Jesus said that one day the temple is going to be destroyed, which he said in the New Testament. And lo and behold, the temple was destroyed, just like Jesus said. Hey, thanks for joining us in this series called Skeptic. And I just want to invite you, if you've missed any of these messages, to go to our website at unfilteredradio.com. You can listen to all of them there. And you can also find our messages on any podcast catcher. And I'd love for you to go do that and just catch up because we've been attempting to answer some really big questions in this series about God and about Christianity. Now, here's the thing we know we can't answer every question and we can't solve every mystery. But here's what we believe from the scriptures, and that is that God who revealed himself through Jesus is an observable, explainable God. That God is not in contradiction with science, and God is not in contradiction with philosophy or in psychology, and that God has invited us to come with our questions, with our doubts, and even come with our skepticism. And so some of the questions we've been looking at are the age-old questions like, how could a good God allow evil and suffering? Or what is the starting place for Christianity? Or even what is faith? Or why do we believe that the Bible is reliable? And I believe that none of us should be afraid of those questions. And so whether you've followed all of your life, I want to invite you into this series to really begin to look at why you believe what you believe and. If you're in the place of maybe being skeptical or cynical, I want to invite you to come investigate and to come answer and ask some of your questions about faith, believing that there may be answers on the other side of your doubt. So thanks for joining us in this series called Skeptic.